is the second in our series on bodybuilding. I hope we're all feeling rather more toned and in rude health than we were at the start of last week when we had bodybuilding one. Are we ready? Are we feeling fit? Are we ready to go? Fantastic. Last week, we saw that the church is called the body of Christ because the spirit of Christ wants to reproduce the life of Christ through the body of Christ. The spirit of Christ wants to reproduce the life of the Christ through the body of Christ. I think you know where this is going, don't you? Would you join with me? The spirit of Christ wants to reproduce the life of Christ through the body of Christ. Again, the spirit of Christ wants to reproduce the life of Christ through the body of Christ. In other words, Jesus intends to carry forward his mission in the world through us. Us. PowerPoint is not going to finish my sentence for me. Fortunately, someone else can help. Fantastic. Our passage today contains the same ideas. Verse 12 says this, to prepare God's people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. So again, we see that the body, just don't worry about it, hey, Darrell, we'll fly it from here until we get to the last hymn. Um, to prepare God's people works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. The church is again called the body of Christ. And this verse, verse 12 of chapter 4, explains the weird name I gave to this series. Yeah, The body of Christ may be built up. Bodybuilding. Yeah? It all makes sense, doesn't it? Fantastic. For us to be the body of Christ... We have to be equipped to carry forward the mission of Christ in the world. We need to understand that mission and what we're to do. Now, I might have an expectation that after this service, you would give me a lift home. That wouldn't be very helpful if you hadn't learned to drive, would it? The body of Christ has to be prepared, equipped, if it's to do what Christ would have it do. We see it again in verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. So we're still here using the metaphor of the church as a body. And here, we're the body and Christ is the head. It's a bit of a weird metaphor, isn't it? Because the way the metaphor works is that you have a mature head stuck on an immature body. Paul isn't afraid of slightly eccentric metaphors, but that's, that's the picture we've got. We've got a mature head on an immature body. And the idea is that we have to grow up so that we can fully cooperate with the head. And the way we do that is by being nourished by truth and love. Yeah? Truth and love. So both these verses tell us that the church is about a whole lot more than just coming together to worship on a Sunday morning and sort of sometimes going to home groups and maybe having a big night in or two. 
We are the means of Christ carrying forward his mission in the world. And just as each one of us has a spirit that expresses itself through our body, yeah, you've got spirit? Expresses itself through your body. So Christ means to express his spirit through the body of Christ, through us. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? We are the body through which the spirit of Christ wants to express the life of Christ in the world. That's one of those ideas that you can make it into a nice sentence, but take some time and think about what it actually means, what calling that places on our life. Let's just take some questions to think just for a moment. Do I know how Jesus would have me express his life and his mission in my daily life? If not, how can I find that out? Do I know how to get on with the mission of God in my daily life? If together we make up the body of Christ, how do we work that out together? It's a huge challenge. If we want to be the church that Christ calls us to be, then we have to be able to answer those questions. I think about my own life. Some things going well, slightly shorter list than I would like. Some things going not so well, a few more on that list than I would like. But if we're going to be who Christ calls us to be, then this passage tells us what we need. And because the PowerPoint has died, you are spared having to read this together. Verses 11 and 12. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the first thing that Christ has done to equip us is he's given particular gifts and abilities to people within the church. So apostles are pioneering leaders who establish churches. Prophets are people who boldly declare what God has to say into a situation. Evangelists help introduce people to Jesus. Pastors help people walk with God in the reality of their daily lives. And teachers help us to understand God and his salvation and what it means to be human in his world. So Paul lists there five leadership gifts, but no, and this one's really important. This one I like this one. The job of those leaders is not to do all the pioneering. It's not to do all the declaring. It's not to do all the introducing. It's not to do all the helping. It's not to do all the teaching. These people's call is to prepare the whole church to be able to do those things. So leaders aren't called to do the work for everyone else. They're called to help everyone else do the work. Yeah? Leaders aren't called to do all the work, they're called to quit the church so the whole church can do the work together. Amen? Yeah, you can see why I quite like that one. That's a good one. Verse 13 to 14 sets out more of the goal and of the barriers to maturity. 
until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Okay, so the aim here is that we are united and mature in our understanding of Jesus. And then this passage says something extraordinary, that we should become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Let's read that again and just think about that sentence. Becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is a profound and mysterious verse. That's one of those verses that it's worth trying to commit to memory and just thinking about it as you go through your day. What is Paul inviting us to here? What, what is possible? What has the death and resurrection and return of Jesus actually opened up to us that we may become mature and attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? But there's a danger in these verses as well. We're all exposed to destructive messages, both within the church and beyond the church. And there have been loads of churches throughout history that have crashed and burned, either because the teachers have wandered away from the truth or because leaders have become corrupt and used the church for their own gain. And then there, of course, there are all those messages that we mostly subconsciously pick up from the world around us. And so if our understanding of God gets twisted and distorted, then our lives together will be distorted and twisted. Let's look at verse 15 and 16. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So here we see some more ways that we get equipped, that we get grown, that we get prepared, that we get matured to become Christ's body. We grow as we speak the truth in love to each other. That's quite difficult, isn't it? That's quite difficult. At the moment, there are some certain situations I can think of where I am sorely tempted to speak the truth without love. Anyone got any of those in their life at the moment? They're just like, here it comes, let them have it, I've had enough. But, if we don't have love, how can we be true to the one who is love? How can we be true without love? On the other hand, there are other situations that I can think of where I am very tempted to avoid speaking hard truths that might well need to be spoken because I don't like the idea of conflict. But how can we love each other if we're not being honest with each other? We need the truth spoken 
in love. That's really, really difficult. That's a high calling. But it is crucial, isn't it? How do I keep my heart and my life navigated by love? How do I avoid frustration or anger or bitterness or grumpiness or whatever to get in and distort how I'm relating to people? How I am being the body of Christ or a member in the body of Christ? Finally, the whole body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. If this church is to be all that God means it to be, then everyone has to be willing and able to make their contribution. Now what very often happens in churches is that the congregation delegate their responsibility to the leadership because that's easier, and the leadership willfully and gratefully accepts that responsibility because it makes them feel needed and important. Just there's always that tendency and that temptation to happen. And it always has to be fought again. And it's really, really dysfunctional. The challenge to be a healthy church is for the members to be willing and ready to make their contribution. And for the leaders to create a context where the members are equipped and empowered to make their contribution. That's what I have been trying to do for the last six years with mixed success. And the reason for mixed success is this. It's blooming hard. It is really, really hard because most of us are pretty busy. Most of us are harassed by loads of competing, really important priorities that we need to think about. And running a church is really complicated. There's lots and lots of different bits and it's really hard to work out how to make them work together effectively. But we've got fantastic people in this church. And we have made great progress in some areas, although there's some others that I've really just not done so well with. The last few years have been absolutely bonkers. The pandemic has messed everything up. But there are great people. And we are rebuilding and we are getting there. And various little challenges... um, like remote clickers and so on, still kind of become frustrating. But we are getting there, and we will continue to get there. And what I'd love for me to be as a leader, and for us as a leadership team, is to get better and better at actually creating space and easy ways for people to serve in the ways that God has equipped them and blessed them to serve. So please pray for us in that, because it ain't easy. But God is good, and he has placed all the parts in the body exactly where he wanted them to be. So what we need is his wisdom. Lord, how is this crazy, complicated, wonderful, glorious, messy, broken thing that you call church, your body, to work itself out among us now? Let's pray together.